Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Hitchman Chief Commercial Officer at Goodloop, a purpose-powered advertising platform that unites brands, consumers, charities, and publishers, joins us today to share a few best practices that can help drive revenue goals. Julia, it's good to have you participate today. We're so excited to hear from you. I'm sure you have a lot of tricks and best practices that you've collected over the years and through your time in the industry. Before we dive in, it would be great if you can take a couple of moments to tell us about yourself and of course about your new elevated role at Good Loop. You just mentioned before we began this conversation that you're sort of still getting used to it, but we'd love to just dive in more and hear more from you about it. What's it like? How's it been going? What are you looking forward to the most? All of it. Great. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to be here. And yes, as you mentioned, I'm Chief Commercial Officer at Good Loop. So for anyone that doesn't know what Good Loop is, we are a purpose-led ad platform. So as you mentioned, we work with various different household brands, but we connect them with charities. And we also help bring that to life through their consumer journey. So we have a suite of advertising products that help unlock charitable donations in exchange for a user's engagement. I've been at the company for four and a half years, so I joined very much in the early stages of Goodloop. Goodloop has been around for about six years, and I joined as head of brand and agency partnerships, and then, yes, as you mentioned recently, I have been promoted to chief commercial officer. So my entire time at Goodloop has been very much looking after the revenue streams that we have within the business. So, as I mentioned, trying to work with various different brands, agencies, and try and support them in the way that actually has helped raise money for those lovely charities. And yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. So I think I was number six employee, and now we've actually reached the point where we have about 50 employees. So you'll understand from that just the sort of sheer exciting volume of scale that we've experienced in that time. So it's been a really interesting journey trying to get the awareness of Good Loop out there and seeing where we are really applicable within the market. And also seeing that grow over the last four years. As someone who is tasked with leading revenue goals and objectives for the brand, and given that it's been obviously a show, it's shown a proven growth trajectory over the years and there's more to come, we'd love to hear more about some of the tactics you followed and what you generally rely on when it comes to driving growth. One of the main things I want to talk about is the fact that we have some purpose built into our entire business model. So be it purpose on a sustainability level where we help brands think about the carbon that they are emitting through their advertising campaigns or be it through supporting the amazing work that they might already do with their charity partners. What we've done is really leaned into that and we've seen the market also really escalating this. There is a climate crisis going on that we can't really ignore and so we have been fortunate in that sense of timing But it's leaning into where you as a business really excel. And like I mentioned, it's built into every aspect of what we do. So when you're looking at the business in terms of strengths and revenue and building that idea of sort of business and awareness, I think it's really key to just know where you really where you sit within the market and where those strengths are. And for us, we've seen how really putting purpose at the heart of your business is also a great way of growing. I think it's fundamental within every business now, regardless of what sector you work in, you have to understand what that role and responsibility is within the purpose sphere. So 
for us as a business, we've really leaned into that. And I think it's also understanding how that then translates into, like we say, growing the business. So what are the areas of strength that are really fundamental to what your KPIs are and what your clients want from you? So for example, we started very much as sort of a turnkey solution business where we had a video product and the video product was great because it was a great awareness, top funnel piece for our brands to understand that they could showcase their purpose and their sustainability efforts to their consumers in a really concise and easy way. But then in terms of understanding the growth and what was going on, we looked at the market and where that demand was growing was very much within the sustainability space. So I mentioned we're in that climate crisis and so many brands were looking for solutions to understand a bit more. So seeing that opportunity was great. And it's something that our business then lent into with other products. So we've since actually created an ad tech solution that is an ad tag that you can append to any programmatic activity. And as a brand, you can then track the carbon emissions of your advertising campaign as well. So that product has actually only been within our company for a year yet the company itself has been around for six years as I mentioned so it's not that sustainability wasn't a part of what we were doing before but it's just understanding within your market what those areas of sort of uncertainty that your business can help with and fostering those and then being able to sort of grow on that as well and really develop those products and develop those solutions for your clients. Absolutely agree with you. This is a time for brands to be more conscious about their carbon footprint and be more sustainable in their overall approach. It would be really good if you can take a couple of minutes to just talk about some of the leading brands globally that have caught your attention in terms of the purposes that they've adopted, the causes they've adopted and the purpose-led initiatives that they follow, because I think it's very important for more of us to talk about this. Yeah. So we've actually raised nearly $7 million for charity, which is such an impressive stat. I'm really proud of that. And actually, the, our entire company, we're all really proud of that. And in terms of where that money has supported, it's a real range. And I think that's something that we've learned over the years. You can't just dip your toe into this area as a brand. You have to be really considered with your approach. And I think it's really interesting to to be able to showcase the great work that lots of brands were already doing in a much more sort of attainable way for a consumer, getting them on board with that story, understanding why that brand has chosen that particular charity. I can use a couple of examples, actually. So one that we ran last year with a company in the UK was for Pantene. And Pantene obviously have a lot of different ranges and hair types that they have to consider. And actually, they have a range specifically for the black community. I think it's called their Gold Series. And they wanted to showcase this, but also supporting the community that that hair care range was actually targeted towards. And so they partnered with Black Minds Matter, which is an amazing charity. They help fund things like counselling and actually through engaging with that Pantene ad, the consumer then unlocked a donation to Black Minds Matter. So you can see there, there's such a real correlation between the brand, the community that they're supporting, and also the product, which is ultimately very key as a brand. But you're doing it in a way that resonates and has sensitivity and actually that a consumer feels part of that sort of journey and story as well. Another example that I love is that we work with Nature Valley over in the US and they're essentially, they're just a cereal bar. <laughs> I say just, I love them, they're delicious. But their whole mentality and ethos is about taking that snack, eating it on the go and taking it out into nature, taking it on a walk in the morning and having it as your breakfast, for example, or taking your kids to the park and having it as a treat for after they've played. 
So actually with that, it's all about a stack bar, but it's all about nature. So we work with them over in the States, like I mentioned, and we work with them supporting national parks. So they're very much about investing that money back into making sure nature is preserved, making sure that people have access to nature as well. And they are very much at the forefront of sustainability. They've created a wrapper that the technology within it means that it's very, very easily recyclable. Obviously, recycling packaging is a huge issue. But what's really nice is that they've actually kept that as an open source technology. So it's showing a brand that's really stepping into that area, but knowing that in order to really help and fundamentally make a difference and change, not only are they supporting relevant causes, but the technology that they're creating to support that is also open sourced and shared. So two really great examples, slightly different sort of angle towards purpose, but I think both have demonstrated sort of the benefits to, to what they own and what they know really, really well. I hope a lot of brands take up better initiatives, bigger initiatives rather than causes, because I think it should be part of, it should be like a compulsion so that it'll just serve a larger global cause. So let's see how that works in the near future. But we'd love to dive in a little bit further as to what you feel B2B commercial officers in today's modern day environment need to really realign when it comes to their core processes and measurement as well as sales tech. What kind of tools should they be using to push boundaries? What kind of initiatives or what kind of daily tasks should they be adopting more of as the role evolves and as the output that they are expected to sort of give the company evolves over a period of time? Yeah, so I'll be honest, and I think I'm quite traditional with the tools and techniques that I use. I wouldn't say anything I do is particularly groundbreaking, but I think there are some key things that just guarantee success. And I think one of them is data. And I would say I would recommend a tool, but obviously every sort of every business is different in the way that it's set up and the tools that they use. But whichever one you are adopting, it's being really, really thorough with the data that you can get back from that. Like data to me is key in terms of understanding what's working, but more importantly, understanding what's not working. So having access to that data and really understanding what it means. It's all well and good saying, oh, this is our sales number. But actually, it's almost what you want to do is flip that on its head and think, why is our sales number not bigger and what have we lost? So really, really being conscientious of the data, understanding trends as well is something that we have really seen help our business. So understanding which areas of our business we resonate most with. Things like FMCG have always come out top for us, but then you look at the market and that's likely because they are the ones that have to step into the purpose space and deliver the message on what they're doing, be it whether they are recycling or trying to help their community. We need to know what those trends are and we only know that if we're looking at the data. Similarly, we spend a lot of time looking into the data where we've lost out. It's not just about the wins, it's very much about the losses and understanding how you can change that loss into a win. What are the differentiators there? What are the big key factors that are are making those decisions? And who is it that is making that decision as well? So not just the data, but that link all the way through. It's really important. So that's one thing, just data, not really a tool or a particular platform that I recommend, but whatever one you're using, make sure you're using it to the best of your advantage. The other thing I would say, again, I think is probably quite fundamental, but it's Being really open and receptive to feedback and having that feedback loop within your company. One thing we've really found 
that has driven that growth. Like I mentioned before, the understanding that sustainability was coming up again and again, and there was this frustration around not being able to track further. That feedback loop from our clients through to our product team helped us actually create and innovate and transition our business into a new area and field into ad tech. And actually that now is becoming one of our more successful revenue streams. And certainly in terms of the appetite there, it's been hugely rewarding to see that grow. And we wouldn't have understood that unless we had that feedback cycle between sort of teams, but also between clients and the demand within the market. So I would definitely say, yeah, data and feedback are kind of two real key tips. That's one of the core fundamentals that most uh, revenue leaders or anyone in sales should be focusing on. It would be very good if you can add to this by talking a little bit about what you think the future of B2B sales or revenue is set to look like. So in terms of the cycle, in terms of how approaches are set to change, in terms of the kind of tools and technologies processes that people should be following more of. We are in a tough business climate. That's what everyone's been talking about. While on the one hand, it's important to understand and accept that it is also important to drive revenue goals using differentiated tactics. And we'd like to hear about how you feel all of this together will change B2B sales in the future, will change how revenue leaders dovetail efforts or, you know, how teams will also evolve in terms of the skills they need, in terms of how they're going to be expected to perform. What are your views and takeaways? Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting time with that, aren't we? We're seeing a huge amount of external factors that are having huge sort of business impact. And ultimately, yeah, it will come down to a cost sort of efficiency. As with most businesses, we all have to be able to pay to keep the lights on. One thing in terms of the cycle, it's been a very fast paced few years with us having to transition very quickly. And I think we've adapted very quickly, which is great. I wonder if over the next few years, I mean, (laughs) every year for the last few years, it feels like something different has changed. And then you say one prediction and then something else happens. But I would hope that we kind of actually almost have a slowing down of cycles where we, you know, we're prepared for the unusual now, as it were. So rather than preparing for the inevitable, it's kind of been and flipped and naturally we have to prepare for the not inevitable and I think yeah so the sales cycle I think we just need to think as ever strategically it's about probably time versus output as always is that an account that's actually going to be worthwhile is it an account that's how does that look for the next year I think we've as a business we've kind of looked year to year just because of where we're at in terms of scale but I think much bigger enterprises probably have had to shift from looking at sort of a two to three to five year plan to looking year on year especially as we are having to make sort of more cost effective choices and I think it's also being brave in knowing the longer term effects of that maybe actually an account right now might not feel that beneficial but what is the longer term sort of impact that that might have so it's a tricky time at the moment and I think we've had a lot of flux and changes I'm hopeful that now we're in a position where we can think strategically a little bit clearer without that sort of urgency and rush so I think maybe sales cycles might be slightly longer but again the industry that we specialize in at Good Loop we sort of that usual pattern of seasonality I don't think that's changing and I think that actually people will be leaning into that more and I think we are starting to see that shift in terms of thinking with that longer term thought process where the last few years people have been having to pivot very quickly. 
Absolutely, Julia. I think it's been very interesting a conversation today. Before we wrap up, we'd love it if you can share any kind of last-minute takeaways, be it best practices for the day that you think revenue team members or sales members should be following, anything that they should be reading up on, any particular processes in terms of when they wake up, they should check their LinkedIn, they should check the Sales Navigator, any kind of to-dos that you think everyone in sales and revenue growth should be following as a takeaway before we sign off. Yeah, for me, it's always about my personal company. Like I I go on LinkedIn and I think there's a whole wealth of information out there. There's amazing podcasts, there's amazing articles you can sign up to. I think finding the similarities as well, like finding those people in similar roles to you who have, depending on where you're at in terms of things like startups. When I first joined Goodleap, I followed a lot of other people who had done that startup route. I found that really inspirational. So it's finding the sort of copycats as to where you're at and what you can learn from that. For me, it's very much about having that data set from the output. So I will go into my CRM system, I will pull a daily report and I'm where we're sat in terms of that growth and where we're tracking. Um, That for me gives me confidence in knowing when I can then, what I should be then looking to my team to be directing them in and asking them the right questions. So Again, I mentioned it before, but having that data and having it on a very sort of daily, if not definitely weekly scale so that you have the understanding of the business and how everything is moving is really important to me. And yeah, I think, yeah, I'd say that's probably the main one for me. It's like understanding the team as well. I think we look at B2B sales as quite, I guess, technical, almost robotic. It's very cyclical. And we look at business to business in terms of that terminology. But at the end of the day, there are people at the end of that. And we can't forget that. So working out what drives them, working out what it is that your client needs and is missing and understanding that and thinking of them as a person, not just the business. Julia, thank you so much for taking this time and spending it with us today. We wish you and the team at Good Loop all the very best until our next catch up. We hope that you enjoy what you're doing and we'll catch up again based on what predictions you've shared in today's conversation just to ensure that all of it happened or none of it happened. Yeah, keep me accountable. I wish I had a crystal ball as well. So. <laughs> Take care, Julia. Thank you so much. <laughs>